0: I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. It's Transformational Thursday, sisters, and as promised on Monday, I have the lovely Ashley Bowden here with me today, who is the heart and soul behind the Imperfect Boss campaign on Instagram that just wrapped up yesterday. So I know it's kind of after the fact, but Ashley has done such an amazing job of collecting so many Awesome women who are willing to give a behind the scenes look that I really want you to go and check it out. I think it's super encouraging. Just know that you're not alone. You're not alone in your fears, you're not alone in your doubts, you're not alone in the mess. We're all right there with your girlfriend. We're all chasing our dreams, one messy stuff at a time. So, I definitely want you to go and check it out on Instagram. All the details are in the show notes. So, Ashley is a heart encourager, speaker, and coach to tender hearted women entrepreneurs. She's the visionary behind the Imperfect Boss, a movement that is liberating thousands of women from perfect. Ashley is passionate about empowering women to create powerful lives and businesses using more heart, vulnerability, and community. She speaks with encouragement, sensitivity, and authority about what it takes to be a big hearted and connected woman, entrepreneur, and leader in the modern world. She also holds a degree in human rights and has spent time working in media, politics, and activism. When she's not out there loving, inspiring, and leading women, she's likely writing some good words, going heart eyes over bright colors, or dreaming up big ideas. After spending time with her, you will feel believed in and empowered to give, to love, and to lead wholeheartedly. I absolutely loved our conversation. She's getting super vulnerable on parts of her journey today of just embracing enoughness, and it's a great one. So without further ado, you guys, here is Ashley. Hi, everybody. It's a Transformational Thursday episode, and I am so excited to have my lovely guest, Ashley Bowden, here with me, who is a heart encourager and speaker. Now, Ashley and I first met through a social media campaign she did called The Imperfect Boss, which if you guys have not checked it out, it is on Instagram. We're getting ready to do another round of it, I think. Um, Yeah, so I cannot wait to hear all from Ashley today. Ashley, thanks for being here, girl. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Oh, I I would love to start with what motivated you to put together The Imperfect Boss campaign. Yeah, totally.
1: Well, I think it's kind of two things. And the first one being, I just love doing social media campaigns. Mm -hmm. I love bringing people together and I love like the energy and momentum of women coming together. And and then, so I was, you know, I was thinking, man, I really want to do another campaign. Uh, And so one day I thought, you know what? I am feel like I always am scrolling on Instagram and everyone's life looks so perfect. <laughs> um, and that's not my reality at all. like I, <laughs> my life is messy and business gets crazy and you're like I'm like crying like every other day. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, if I feel this way, there's got to be so many more women that feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just pull back the curtains on what it really looks like to work for yourself and to go after those crazy dreams. And that's kind of the idea behind how it started.
0: I love it. And, you know, just participating in it the first time around, it was so refreshing to like really peel the curtain back and be like, this is, these are the thoughts that go through my mind of really pursuing my dreams and work in the world. And this is, what happens when you do that? Because you know, I think oftentimes, like especially on social media, like we're looking at the highlight reel and the highlight reel is only part of the story.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and success is never like, and even not even success, um, because I, I think success kind of, it, it has this undercurrent of like, it's this place that you arrive to, which I don't think is, is real. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm so much more concerned or, feel into how we experience our journey, than where we actually get to. So I have like being able to join with all of these other women who are so courageous and open hearted of just saying like, Oh my God, I feel that this way too. Like life is not always perfect. And I have all these fears and all this doubt. And sometimes I feel like a complete shit show because my life is all over the place and it does not look like Instagram. Um, (laughs) it's so refreshing and I just want to say thank you for putting that together, because you brought together such an awesome group of people, and it was just, I mean, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see what's, what's real,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what, what it really takes, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Totally.
0: So I would love to hear from you, like, what brought you to your
1: work? Yeah. <laughs> when you were just talking I was just even just thinking about this thought that I have been kind of chewing on for a while about um, just about the the whole thing of journey versus that arrival point mm-hmm. and how we put so much, obviously we put so much emphasis on the arrival point and, and but that what if it wasn't really about the arrival what if it was about how your heart was formed in the journey? Mm. And so, not even just the journey itself, but how did your heart change in the process? Mm. And and so that that's just something I was thinking about. So I want to mention that. But how I kind of came to this work was um, I started building online communities for women in 2011. And um, so I've been kind of, in some ways, been kind of around the block. Yeah. Um, funny like to see how things really change over the years in terms of what's popular (laughs) but I uh, (laughs) I, am like I mentioned before like it has just kind of become my my obsession really of bringing women together who will come together in a way that's authentic and will speak the truth to one another and and really just to pull the gifts out of women I uh I think sometimes like when you're doing things it's like you just go you just go into something because you have a feeling and the vision might not even be 100% clear but you just go for it anyway and then it's like over time the vision gets clearer and I think in the last couple of years that's really what's happened for me and and I think ultimately like why I do this work is because I honestly really believe that women are a solution for the world and mm-hmm. that there are I feel like there are gifts and messages and answers that are like sitting in women right now for the world. And, and it's just like a goldmine, like women are just like this goldmine and it's, my vision is just to do anything I can to help women untangle from themselves and empower them to bring those gifts and and that goldmine to the world. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. I love that. I mean, I think it's such a powerful mission
0: and seeing the gifts that women have Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: how those can impact the world. You know, I think I'm so with you, first of all. Um, Secondly, I think that it's not so easy for us to own our gifts as women or to believe in them or put stock in them. And... Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. (laughs) I have started going back to church, which is kind of like a a new thing for me. I was raised in the church and then I kind of went way far away from it to find my own definition of God and went on this spiritual journey after losing a really good friend. And it's a very long story, but the recent election has brought up a lot of stuff for me, like a lot of old wounds. Mm -hmm. And for some reason I got the hit that my healing needed to take place back in the church where the wounds first began. So I've kind of come full circle here and I went to church uh, for, you know, found my, my place, which is really exciting. But the first time I walked in, I sat next to this guy and he's kind of like, looks like Santa Claus. He's got this white (laughs) hair, white beard, rosy cheeks, super friendly. And his name is Tom. And he was just really nice. Like we didn't really talk that much, but he was really welcoming and I really appreciate that. So when I went back, um, I sat next to Tom because he was a friendly face and we were talking and... The first time I walked into church, there was this beautiful painting on the altar. And it was this this painting of Jesus with with his hands outstretched and the word namaste at the bottom. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's like a place for me because like my spiritual journey's been all about yoga and like all of that. And here it is joined together, right? And so this painting was really something, it was the first thing I noticed when I walked in. And it was just like, this feeling of like, maybe I belong here. So I go back to church the second time and I see Tom and I'm sitting next to him and we're talking, whatever. And he was like, you know, that's my painting up there. And I was like, Tom, are you serious? And he said, yeah. And I was like, that is the most beautiful painting I've ever seen. And like, it made me feel so welcomed when I first came. I cannot believe that you did that. How long have you been painting? And he said, my whole life. And I was like, wow, that is just magnificent. And he said, thank you. And something struck me about the way Tom owned his gifts. Mm -hmm. And he was was very humble, but he was also very proud of himself. And there was this message of like, be like Tom. Be like Tom. Own your gifts. Like stand in them. Be proud of how you're able to impact others with the things that just come naturally to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think for us as women, like we're scared to really think too highly of ourselves so we don't be like too high on our horse and you know I'm curious for you like breaking through and owning your gifts like what's that journey been like
1: yeah well I think it is exactly that a journey <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we have we have crests and
1: Valleys right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's interesting that you bring up the church thing because I think that's I was really active in church in my teenage years and early twenties mm-hmm. and I think that's really the place where I really started to realize that I had gifts. Mm-hmm. And I remember before that, like growing up and feeling like really feeling like I just wish I had something to offer. I wish that I was passionate. I wish that I was creative. And and it wasn't until people when I was in like a community and in a situation where people actually would look at me and say, I think you actually are creative. I think you have amazing gifts. I think that you actually have a lot of passion that it, it's almost like it it, it unlocks something inside of me. And um, to the point where it was like, it was almost out of control. Like I <laughs> yeah. was like, now I have so much passion. I don't know where to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's been a lot of my, of my journey of, of even that, of you know of recognizing that I do have gifts, mm-hmm. also a huge part of it has been being able to see the beauty in myself that I so easily see in other people, and and, wrangle- and kind of wrestling through a lot of those um, self-doubts, I, I realized you know that a lot of my life I had lived as if I was an apology. And I remember I had this phrase like a couple years ago of, of, you know, you're not an apology, you're a love letter, Mm. and and even sometimes like it still comes up for me because like I live, I don't have my own house, like I live with roommates, and so I'll find myself being like, oh, like I don't want to go into the kitchen because what if someone else wants to use the kitchen, and it's still like this thing a little bit of like I'm not as important or. I'm more of an apology. And so, and that is a journey that I'm still on. But I think for me, it has the greatest breakthroughs have come through uh, knowing how to, you know, knowing how to sit with my heart in it and knowing how to face my own pain. And I think that's a huge thing that really matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just stepping out, like stepping out with my gifts. And even if like, it's scary and it's, and it's like shaky and and I don't know what what I'm doing at all and it's not until I start to create like carve out those experiences for myself where I can have the experience of using my gifts and seeing not only how it impacts someone else but how it lights me up inside that mm-hmm. has probably created the most breakthrough
0: yeah I mean I think being able to sit with your pain I, I kind of just want to touch on that for a second yeah. that, one that's that's very important and too very powerful. Um, For me, being able to sit with pain, being able to sit with discomfort, being able to sit with insecurities and know that I'm still enough.
1: Mm. Whoa. Like
0: that's hard. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I even got there for like one time, (laughs) but getting there over and over again, because You know for me for a long time i thought it was getting rid of all the doubts getting rid of all the insecurities getting rid of all um of the human shame that we experience in order to be enough Mm -hmm. and i realized that that's not what it's about at all (laughs) it's about being perfectly human (laughs) yeah and, and still being enough in that and i think when you can when you can hold space for these two things that allows us to sit with our pain a whole lot easier like It's okay that you are hurting. It's okay that you are sad. It's okay that you are doubting. That's not all of the truth of you. It's just one piece. And I think that creates a lot more self-acceptance, a lot more compassion for ourselves. And those two things really breed courage for me. Um, But it also allows me to experience joy in the face of those things, right? It's like, I'm not alone here.
1: Yeah, and that's true. exactly
0: what your Imperfect Boss campaign does, is it, it brings other women together to let us know that we're not alone. And so in a way, I think you're also helping other women sit with their pain and sit with their discomfort and know mm-hmm. that there's still enough.
1: Yeah. I never thought of it that way, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you guys, um, Ashley writes the best emails. The first time she ever wrote me about this Imperfect Boss campaign, I almost peed my pants (laughs) because she pours all of her personality. Like you do, you pour all of your personality into your work and the way that you relate to people. And it's so refreshing. Like, you know, I feel like sometimes as women, we feel like we're going to be too much. And I feel like you own all of this bubbliness, vivaciousness, this humor, and it just it seeps out of, like, every single word that you write, and it is just, it always hits me, and so anytime you're like, do you want to participate in this? I'm like, how can I say no? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: That's amazing. That's
0: amazing to hear. Oh, no, they're so great, and I just, I want you to, to know that because it's, it's just so real. Yeah. Like, I feel like I, you're picking up the phone, you're calling me, and I can hear your laugh on the yeah. other end without even have ever meeting you. Yeah. And that's how much it comes through. And I think that that's so wonderful. Like, it's, it's really inspiring to me to be even more of myself in the way that I approach people. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. I'm honored. Oh, so I would love to wrap up today with your three top tips for creating joy because they are some good ones. And it's no surprise that your first one is to embrace your imperfections as fast as you can because they can be power if you let them. And I would love to know more about your experience with this.
1: Yeah, well, I think that I thought for a long time that I had to be perfect and that if I really wanted to be loved or I wanted to be successful, that I needed to be perfect, both personally and professionally. And it wasn't until I was able to look at my imperfections and own them as a part of my story and as a part of my journey, and that I could see them as not something that were like ticking the box against me, but that they could be power in terms of my ability to connect with people, my ability to reach my full potential. And so, yeah. That's amazing. Do
0: you have um, an example of maybe something that you thought was an imperfection that you are like, totally own it now. And you're like, this is awesome.
1: Yeah. My wrinkles <laughs> is like pretty intense. So. Okay. <laughs> go. Let's go there, girl. <laughs> um, honestly, because this it was through this that uh, the aha moment came because I started struggling with a sex internet addiction when I was 21 Mm -hmm. and so quite a few years ago now (laughs) and I am and just like from growing up in the church and stuff felt a ton of shame and there just came this point where I was like I'm gonna own as a part of my story both the things that have happened to me that led to this and the, the intentional decisions that I have made to make this a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I ended up writing very publicly about it. And and since then I have written very publicly about it and through articles and different things, interviews. And, and even though it has been a painful area of my life and definitely an imperfect area of my life, it has given me just such a, a bigger and stronger ability, not only to connect with people, but also to um to I think honestly to be myself mm-hmm. and and to be okay with not being perfect. Sometimes it's like not until you have something in your life that doesn't matter how hard you fight it, you just can't seem to win it, and it makes you feel imperfect. That you're like, well, I guess this is just like part of what uh, what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get good or get good and comfortable with being where I am yeah, in the season of life that I am in and being, being imperfect. So that was definitely my, definitely a very practical example of the aha moment that came for me.
0: For sure. And I've actually seen some of your articles that you have written about that. And it's, it's very powerful and courageous. And I just want to say thank you for sharing that with my audience, because I think addiction, no matter how it shows up, Mm-hmm. It can create a lot of shame for, for us yeah. and make us want to hide it because we think, you know, I, I don't have experience with with the sex addiction piece, but I definitely have addiction experience with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And knowing that when you are in the depths of an addiction, you do a lot of things that you never would have done. You say a lot of things that you never would have said. You hurt people that you never would have hurt. You hurt yourself like you never would have hurt yourself. And it almost becomes this like this this spiral that you yeah. feel so trapped in. And for a long time, you know, my experience with addiction was something that I like wanted to shove away and pretend that it wasn't there, pretend that it didn't happen, pretend it wasn't a part of my life. But through the healing process, I realized like the experience of being at the throes <laughs> of addiction showed me so much about myself of where I was needing to love myself more of Mm. the relationships that were desperately calling out for healing. Mm. And so in a way, this, this dark cloud that was in my life was one of the brightest arrows
1: for where
0: I needed to go. And now it's like, Exactly. Like you said, it's like one of my strongest assets because it allows me to connect with other people. And like, we all have addictions, whether you, you know, you claim it or not. Um, They just wear different outfits. Yeah, totally. And I think from, you know, when you do a lot of your own personal work around it, it helps you be more non-judgmental with other people of realizing like we're so much more the same than we are different. Mm -hmm. And realizing like when we lose ourselves in something like we are not ourselves in that yeah. time period, right? And I think the journey of coming home. Yeah. That's one of the most powerful things. Like how lucky we are that we've we've walked that path for ourselves, you know, we wouldn't have had that if we didn't have the addiction yeah. to begin with. So yeah. yeah, I mean talk about it being the power if you let it be, like for sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. So your second tip, learn how to sit with your own heart. Otherwise, you'll spend a lifetime trying to find someone who can.
1: Which this really relates to me to the first one. Mm-hmm. And because I think, honestly, that's what my my addiction was really born out of, of. I don't know how to sit with all this pain inside my heart, so I'm going to go, like, into chat rooms or whatever because even though, like, they don't realize that they're actually sitting with the pain in my heart. and but in the end like it only caused me more damage so how mm-hmm. can I do this in a way that is actually good for me in a way that is healthy in a way that actually allows me to feel my life and um, I uh just like growing up like I carried a lot of pain from my childhood mm-hmm. and and I and just even like personality wise like I'm just an, I feel so many feelings and, and so I didn't know what to do with it. Like I didn't know what to do with all this pain. And so it wasn't until I was actually in Malaysia and I remember I was like sitting laying on this mattress and I was thinking like, why does my heart hurt so bad? Mm-hmm. And like, where is this coming from? Because I had run, run from it for so long. And there's something about being overseas where it's like, it just brings everything to the surface. Yep. Um, so I came home and I really started to deal with it. And and just even just the act of sitting with my pain or sitting with my insecurities, like you mentioned, and, and just, let it, just giving myself the gift of feeling it. Um, and also being willing to, like something I talk a lot about is like asking my heart questions. And so asking it things like, like, what do you need right now? Or, And, like, where is this pain coming from? Because a lot of times in my life, I don't know if it's the same for you, but a lot of times, like, I'll have these, like, ri- like ridiculous reactions to, like, the littlest things, and then I'm like, this is not about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is about something so much deeper. Yeah. And, and so... I'm like I going to ask my heart about this because my heart probably knows. <laughs> but it's in my brain and and it has been it has been probably one of the best practices that I could have ever made for myself and mm-hmm. and I think in business like you're constantly dealing with things coming up in your heart like fears and and insecurities and so I like i I try and use it even in my business as much as I can.
0: I love that. I think, um, have you read Love Warrior?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Okay. So (laughs) this book is amazing and everybody that listens to the podcast knows that I'm like obsessed (laughs) with it. So there's this part in Love Warrior where Glennon says, um, you know, it took me a long time to realize that I'm just a feely person in a messy world. And that maybe the goal isn't to not feel pain, but to be courageous enough to experience it and I'm totally paraphrasing. Um, right. but it's such a powerful piece to all this because I think for a lot of us, like when we experience pain, we think that there's something wrong. Like this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, we're forced at all of these messages all day long of be happy or buy this thing. It'll make you happy or lose 10 pounds. It'll make you happy or wear this outfit and you'll be happy. It's like the goal is always to be happy. And so because where we have these messages swirling around in our heads from the time we're like, I don't know, three, we think that if we're not happy, that something is deathly wrong mm-hmm. when all that's really happening is we're having the human experience of life. Mm-hmm. And so when you really kind of give yourself permission to be human, yeah, the pain is not like this bad thing anymore. It's like, it's just, it's part of the, part of the puzzle it's part of the journey so (laughs) exactly so I think being able to sit with your own heart asking it what it needs um you know I usually do some non-dominant journaling with that like it sounds to me like you really have this strong inner dialogue with this piece of yourself that answers back Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and are there certain qualities about the voice of your heart
1: Mm -hmm. That's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for me, like, I think that I really, part of it's like listening to my heart and part of it's kind of partnered with, I think what I feel like God might be saying to me. Yeah. And so it reminds me a lot of him. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like, kind and gracious and cares for me for me and every piece of me and and just knows but just like knows knows the journey that I've walked knows the stuff that I really need knows what I desperately need to hear and it's kind of this idea in some ways like like don't we realize like that our heart has been here the whole time
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that you mentioned that because you know one of the I think most powerful tools that we can ever give ourselves is learning to speak to ourselves the way God would. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that I've worked with are kind of like, well, how do you get there? And it's like, is it really just talking to yourself? But really like deepening into like the most compassionate, unconditional loving voice. What would it say to you right now? Like mm-hmm. if God could speak to you directly, what do you think God would say? And I always know when I'm talking to my soul because it always calls me a sweet girl or darling and it's always so calming and nurturing and loving and there's like this angelic quality of it. There's some innocence behind it. It's just, there's like this pure undertone to it. And, you know, when I first started doing this work, it was kind of like me connecting to my higher self. Yeah. Um, but really imagining like if God was here, if God was in my heart, what would God say to me right now? And he'd probably say, don't worry, sweet girl. I got yeah. this. There's no need to yeah. worry. So I love that you have this beautiful dialogue. I mean, it's it can be so nurturing. It's like almost learning how to be your own best friend. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So your last one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Can't wait. So say one big fat can I say hell yes (laughs) to yourself and all the gifts you hold inside the world will be changed by you. If you do Mm -hmm. Mm. one big fat, hell yes. So how do you practice this?
1: Yeah. How do I? Um, Honestly, like, I feel like it comes back. I always say there's, like, this, like, defining moment where you say that, where there's, like, this moment where you say that, hell yes, Um, and when it comes to your gifts and when it comes to, like, going for the dream stuff, I mean, I feel like a lot of people, you know, like, we kind of straddle the line of, like, I'm kind of this, I'm kind of not, but it's not until you, like, give that one big yes, that committed yes, that almost like that convicted yes of, you know, like, I'm going to give this my everything, and let's just see what happens, um, that that, I feel like that's where the magic really comes,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and I think that it's kind of, like, a scary place, because it's like, well, so much could go wrong. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. <laughs> but... I think that's, in some ways, when I look back at, like, burning my gifts to the world and some of the success that I've had in business or in leadership, it comes back to that moment for me where I made the decision to take a risk on myself and to say, I don't care how messy it gets, I don't care how many times I fail, I don't care how many people tell me they don't like me, I'm going to... Do this, I'm going to do this because I'm committed to the gifts that I feel like are inside of me and and I think that's such an important moment. I feel like that has been the the greatest practice of it, and then everything I do from then on is just supporting that big moment and but I don't know part of part of that is also my personality. I'm like all in all out. <laughs> I, well, I think that, that that might serve you well, actually. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what I, that's what I would say.
0: I mean, I think that, I mean, I totally know what you're saying about being kind of like half in half out
1: Yeah. because
0: I spend a lot of my time there actually. And especially <laughs> like the bigger the dream, the more
1: <laughs> half yeah. in half
0: out I am. Cause I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this one feels real uncomfortable. I don't know if I'm ready for all that, <laughs> but I will say like the more I can own my gifts, kind of going back to some of these other tools that we've talked about today. Yeah. The more I can own my gifts and know how much they can help others, the easier it is for me to say hell yes and stay committed and to also give myself the grace to know that commitment might not look the same every single day. Yeah. And even like, and I'm just thinking about this now, like how I can bring this more into practice of like, what does a hell yes look like for me today? Yeah, uh, And that might be a really good tool for me to start implementing of just asking myself the question, what does a hell yes look for me, look like for me today
1: yeah.
0: and really challenge myself to go all in, to show up, to yeah. commit and realizing that that commitment might look different. Um, I'm all about, especially this year, pleasurable discipline mm. of doing what feels good
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and trusting that everything's going to work out. <laughs> um, And it's been a little challenging because the discipline doesn't show up the same way every single day. And trusting that you're still committed to something, even though it feels different, is hard. So I've had to practice a lot of grace of saying, it's okay. It's all right. Some days you're going to need this and some days you're going to need that. Some days this is going to feel better. Some days this is not. And so kind of just learning your flow, learning w- what feels good and how to honor that. That's another way I'm kind of saying a hell yes to myself of how I want to work and how I want to feel on the journey. Yeah. So I'm going to start asking myself that question every day.
1: I love that question. <laughs> I too. It to and I think too, like what you were saying, I think it's just another, in some ways it is another way of saying, how am I showing up? Mm-hmm. Like how am I showing up for my with my gifts? How am I showing up for my journey? How am I letting myself be seen with these gifts? Yeah, and, and that you know it can take a lot of courage.
0: For sure. Yeah, Ashley, I have so enjoyed having you as a guest today. I appreciate you so much. So, you guys, I'm going to include Ashley's links down in the show notes. So definitely check that out and do me a favor and put in the hashtag imperfect boss on Instagram and come and follow us who are joining together to show the real deal behind the scenes of what it's like to pursue your dreams. And I will see you guys in a couple of days for another motivational Monday. Bye. <music>